www.blakeradio.com. This is the first time I've done this, 
and I hope I'm coming through to everyone. But uh, it's an amazing thing, this kingdom of God, where all of us can still be free underneath the rule of a king, and that would be King Jesus. Um, basically, what we have to work with today may be different than the, the definitions of these words, freedom and at the, or basically the, the word dominion at creation time. In Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, the very first chapter, God gave man dominion over the fish and the fowl and every living thing upon the earth. However, he did not give dominion over other men. And since the time of Cain, men have been trying to gain dominion over their neighbors by tricking them into beneficial arrangements and contracts. This is what Gregory talks about time and time again on this show, and I'm going to be no different. Um, what we have to work with here today is my knowledge and the power of the Holy Spirit working through me. Now, unfortunately, my knowledge and five bucks might get you a decent cup of coffee at your nearest Starbucks, but uh, I'm going to have to rely a lot on the Holy Spirit to work through me to get to you, and I pray that he does that. Um, let me tell you a bit, a little bit about what I know of Gre Brother Gregory and his putting this whole structure together and why this is going to work. This is kind of my witness. I've known Brother Gregory for over a year now, and I've met him in person, spent time with him, and had many conversations with him over the phone and an email. And... Um, I would just say to you that Brother Gregory is definitely a man walking with the Spirit. He's strong in the, uh, the Spirit. He's instantly forgiving, and he is very studied at law and history and the Bible and the various languages that make those things up. So with him, with him as the, uh, I won't I say that often, the inspired author, we'll say, of this structure. Um, I have great confidence that getting the right people together, this is going to going to work to re-energize the kingdom of God here on this planet. Recently, on the contact ministers list and the other lists around the, the country, there has been a bit of turmoil regarding the Bible and the authority of the Bible and even going down to which Bible should use. There's the King James Version, New International Version. Some people are are hooked on the uh, Geneva Version and there's a name version. There's so many versions out there. And you can talk of the Hebrew the original Hebrew or the original Greek, but even those, if we look at the, the scripts that are available, are fairly recent. None of the original scripts still exist, but we have examples like Dead sea, the Dead Sea Scrolls that we can compare to to see that the script that we're working from, the original languages, is fairly accurate. There are, however, some things in Dead Sea, the Dead sea Scrolls that do not 
show up in the Bible. And there is, if you have the fortunate location in this country, there are a couple of, exi- of exhibits going through museums of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I would recommend that you take advantage of those and go see what they have to offer. There's one in Milwaukee at this time. I think it may just be leaving pretty soon. So whatever city it's going to next, take, keep your eye out for it. Anyhow, the recent turmoil on the list regarding the Bibles had to do with what part of it is divinely inspired. Naturally, the original authors of the Bible were inspired by God to write what they wrote. However, when we come into translation, we have an issue. The translators of the Bible were not necessarily so inspired. In fact, if we look at the King James Bible, for instance, here we have a king who wants to translate the Bible, but as they're translating, imagine this, they come up with script that is showing that individuals in the world basically the king's subject ought to be free free from man's dominion so if you have a king that's funding this effort and you're coming into things that would take away from his dominion there could be a conflict of interest developing can you see that so now we have translators who may be uninspired and even influenced by the guy writing their paychecks that uh, they may, uh, I, I don't know for certain, but they may have had motive to make a change in the wording or at least the meaning behind the words. And we see that from time to time. Um, we see in the example of Romans 13 that, we, that Gregory goes into so frequently where the uh, Greek word exousia is translated as the higher power. Well, Brother Gregory has laid out in absolute detail how in the time of Christ that word exousia actually meant liberty or freedom of choice. So the uh, adversary or Satan has had a different interest in tweaking things just enough so that we could be kept un, under bondage to this day. So where does that leave us? We have a Bible that is possibly tainted by the works of Satan and the translators. I guess there's a quote referred to often, and it's not a biblical quote, but its translators are traitors. And now we have to somehow make heads or tails of this whole situation. The only way we're going to be able to come up with the true meaning is if while we read the Bible, we have the Holy Spirit with us, helping us interpret it. And the the awesome thing about the Holy Spirit is that if you can make touch with the Holy Spirit while you're reading, your translation will match someone else's translation. Will match from person to person around the world, and you can compare that. Now, if your translation ends up being in conflict 
with someone else in the world or someone else that you trust. Perhaps it's not the Holy Spirit that's helping you out. You may be relying too much on your own knowledge, which I have a failing in that area. And you may be influenced by external spirits other than the Holy Spirit, which are out there and there are many. So this whole controversy that took place was about how do we use the words that are in the Bible to help us understand where we should be going. And the problem is there's too much reliance on the words themselves and not enough actively discernment from active discernment from the Holy Spirit. Can you tell I'm nervous here? <laughs> um, but basically what it comes down to is if you want to translate and you go back, say, to the original languages, you, you have to also keep in mind that the Greek today is different than the Greek that was used in the time of Christ, or the Hebrew today is different than the ancient Hebrew. And you have to go back and consider the words in the, the context, context of the time. Languages change. God doesn't change. So, I have... Uh, it's been on my heart recently how to approach the Christians out there who, um, with the message of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom that Christ told us to preach. And I came to this conclusion. I want to share it with you. Basically, we're on a journey seeking the kingdom of God. There's a number of people that come to this group and they start with getting out of the system. Now, I'm not going to say anything against getting out of the system. But getting out of the system comes at the end of the Bible in Revelation 18 where it says, come out of her, my people. If we go back to the beginning of Christ's teachings in Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew 6.33, we find, seek, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be granted unto you. So that leads us to first take a different approach of seeking the kingdom and then by the grace of God they're going to kick us out of the system. This is what Gregory has been saying in his writings all along and you can see it time and time again. But let's talk about this journey of seeking the kingdom. I've done a little contemplation on it of late and I see that this even through my own experience, this is a journey without an end. I can see, looking through the past, where God has brought me to a certain point, and I thought, okay, this must be it. But no, that's not the case. As soon as I get to that point, God says, well, look over here. And I look over there, and there's a whole new avenue of study available, and I learn something new. And I get there, and I say, okay, is this it? No, that's not it either. And he points me another direction. So this journey, this come to think of it here. This is an infinite God we're working with. An awesome infinite God. Seeking his kingdom, I don't believe is going to have an end. That we're going to find plateaus along the way, that we can reach common ground with other brothers in the kingdom, but we can't call it an end. And I think the trapping, and it may even be the sophistry of the devil involved here, 
of Satan and the adversary is that people can reach these plateaus and reach a comfort level. So, in fact, some of the modern Christian churches encourage people, and they call it saved. Okay, now you're saved. Now you don't have to do anything else. And this is a trap. This is where you can get comfortable. This isn't what Christ said. Christ didn't say that there was an end to it. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I do? There's more to be done. There's always something to be done. You don't just go to to the church and uh, get baptized and wave your hands, and then you're saved, and that's it. In fact, many of the modern-day churches, they teach that once you're saved, even the law that was nailed to the cross, you don't have to, you're not under the law anymore. Well, that nothing could be further from that truth. Something was nailed to the cross. Pontius Pilate nailed something to the cross. And that was a proclamation. They brought Jesus to Pontius Pilate, and he could find no fault with him. He, he talked to Christ a couple of times. He went back into in and talked some more. And, he says, I find no fault with him. And the Pharisees of the time said, crucify him. And if you remember, he said, you want me to crucify your king? And they said, we have no king but Caesar. Well, they had just denied the, king, the kingship of Christ. And Pilate was not going to stand for that. So he nailed to the cross a proclamation in the three major languages of the time and check this out in Luke, that this is Jesus Christ, King of the Jews. Now, Pilate was a pretty powerful Roman at the time, the procurator in the Jerusalem area. And his proclamations, nailed to the cross or otherwise, what that meant for the kingdom of God and what that meant for Christians was that Rome now had to recognize the church. Recognize them not only as a religious organization, as some might call it today, but as a government, a governmental entity. This was an amazing thing, and it gets glossed over so much in the modern teachings today. And I did not even realize it until I started listening to Brother Gregory and reading, reading the works that he's put out. So here we have a high, high up official in Rome proclaiming Christ to be king of the Jews. This gives us an enormous amount of leverage. And it has remained on the law books in one form or another from the time of Christ's crucifixion even through today. That's why we see so many religious exemptions and exceptions in the law. Okay? If you look up Christian. Uh, I'm sorry, if you look up church in Black's Law Dictionary, you find that is the uh, the beliefs of Jesus Christ, you know, beliefs based on Jesus Christ. And you can find many case law, much case law, and many statutes on the books talking about how Christians are exempted or accepted from this or that. And it's to the point where if you are a member of an order and you take a vow of poverty, you can't even exist in their system. You can't get a social security number. You can't um, do anything. You know, you don't owe taxes on anything you make. 
So, by Pontius Pilate nailing that proclamation to the cross, we gained, we as Christians, brothers of Christ, gained an enormous amount of um, anonymity in this world. And that's what he told us, right? He told us to be in the world, but not of the world. And this is how we can do it within the statutes today. Well, where does this lead? Um, we're on our journey to seek the kingdom. Pontius Pilate gives us an, a way to do that within the legal awakening, a, a legal system of their law. Thou sayest it. And now we have to communicate that message to the rest of the world. We have an issue there. I don't know how much you've tried to talk to other Christians about this message, but oftentimes they will get angry with you just for mentioning it. They will feel uncomfortable. And I think this is a lot because they have to, in order for them to believe the message that you're telling them, they have to agree that they've made a mistake somewhere. And nobody wants to feel that they're wrong about something. However, an honest Christian will look at, you know, where they're at and listen to what you're saying, give it some merit, and maybe do, hopefully do their own research on the subject. At His Holy Church, we've got lots and lots of articles on the web and in brochures, on paper, videos, audios that we can present to modern-day Christians who hopefully will take it to heart and review where they're at. Well, let's say, okay, we've run up against the diehard that's, that's not going to take anything we have to say to heart. What can we do? I think that we have to approach, come up with a new approach to that sort of behavior. And what we could do is not address them with facts. This is a problem. The tree of knowledge and information um, can trip us up and can get in the way of what we're trying to do. We have to try and stay within the tree of life as much as we can and speak to them on a spiritual level. And what does that mean? All right, well, in the Bible, it tells us to prove all things. And most Christians have an inquisitive nature or they wouldn't have gotten to where they were today. Now, some of them have brought up through their family and through their childhood to um, believe the way they do. But what I think we have to do is approach them, and instead of hitting them with information, we have to reawaken their questioning nature. You know, get them to ask the questions. Maybe we can um, point out something in the current events that's just a little bit suspicious and that will make them sit up, take wonder, and start to question things. Basically, to try and show them subtly that they're in a cage. You know, rattle the bars that they realize the cage they're in. I talked a little bit about freedom at the beginning of this show. And what was freedom back then? 
was a little different than what we see today. Back then, in the time of Egypt, the, the Israelites were taxed 20%, and they called it bondage. Now, in America, people are taxed 30 40 50%, yet we persist every 4th of July to call it freedom. It sounds like we're going to break now. So on the other side, I'll come back and continue the conversation. Thank you for bearing with me. First on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net, around the world and on satellite. Gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly exceeds mine supply by more than 60% annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts, and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver. Discount Gold and Silver Trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals, including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's 1-800-375-4188. Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them if not you? If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at FirstAmendmentRadio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3 CD weekly of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener-supported. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773, and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. 
again, my name is Paul. I'm contact minister in Wisconsin. And it's at this part of the show, Gregory normally talks about announcements. We're going to be having a retreat at Summer Lake in Oregon. That's where Brother Gregory is at. And that will be at the end of September, centering around the weekend, the 24th to the 26th. Um, His Holy Church can be found online at hisholychurch.org and .net and .info. And under that that heading, you can go to .org slash retreat slash HHC and find out more information on the retreat itself. We have a friend in California, Nina, who's doing lots of work um, behind the scenes to get, gather this all together. And Brother James is helping out with the production and the uh, event organization. So please check it out and consider coming to visit in September. As far as radio shows go, Brother Gregory was, this last past Wednesday, was on a radio show with Tiana de Vicente Hayes, and the show was called New World Order Disorder. It was July 7th, Wednesday. Uh, If you missed it, we're still waiting for a podcast to be put up on Internet, and unfortunately where I'm at, I am limited to dial-up Internet, so I missed the show but so I'm anxiously awaiting when I get home to find the podcast and hear how it went. From what I understand from other contact ministers, it was an excellent show, so I encourage you to check it out. And uh, your, your nearest contact minister, or get on the Living Network, and once we discover its availability, it will be known to all via the, the network newsletters. Also upcoming is another radio show with Randy Moggins, and a show called The Threshing Floor. That will be recorded tomorrow, the 11th, Sunday the 11th. I don't have times or availability on that, but I'm looking forward to hearing that one as well. And then we have our weekly show every Saturday, like you're listening to at this time. Uh, you can find all these things on the main HH, His Holy Church website. If you go to the the main site, you look above, across the top for the media icon, and then there's media appearances. And there's a little calendar there which will show you any upcoming broadcasts and the specifics thereon. So give it a look, and while you're at the website, check out some of the amazing articles and topics you can find up there. Now, if you're interested at the website, there, there's a search box, and you can search on anything that I'm talking about today or specific terms. It's a pretty good search, and it will bring up a number of articles that discuss it more. Within the articles on that site, there are links to further articles which explain uh, topics in more detail. And uh, when I first discovered his old church site, I spent a lot of time on the website following the different, as they call, rabbit trails down and then coming back and following a different one. And I learned a lot. So take some time. If you're unfamiliar with the site, go up there and just start reading. Start clicking on links, and you'll be amazed what you find. The website also has videos, links to videos and audios. There's a keysofthekingdom.info site, which records all these shows and makes them available after nine days of broadcast. Additionally, I've been told that Brother Gregory has a new at least one new article 
posted on News with Views, and that's an article regarding the 4th of July and why you celebrate the 4th of July and what meaning it has in the context of history and the context of the kingdom of God. It's a really good article, and uh, I look forward to seeing how it turned out on News with Views. I, I read it individually. It's on the His Holy Church website as well. So before the break, again, this is Paul from Wisconsin, and why don't I tell you a little bit about what's going on in Wisconsin. There, the uh, region of Wisconsin in His Holy Church is actually a region covering four states at this time. There's Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. And, and as things grow, we'll separate off into smaller smaller groups as we get more people in them. But that's what the region covers right now. There are two contact ministers in this region, myself and Ambassador Hadar, who's in Minneapolis, the Minneapolis area. There are a number of uh, people from the email list, the email group in the region, in the Minneapolis area. So if you're listening to this, I encourage you to get in touch with the contact minister, Ambassador Hadar. He runs a, a little home church, and I was fortunate enough to attend about a month ago one of their meetings, and it's a very spirit-filled event that, that I hope that everyone in the Minneapolis area will take an interest in and go to get to meet people and get on the ground and start reaching out to your neighbor, at least the people that you know have similar interests with yourself. They're on this list for a reason. You're on this list for the same reason. Let's get together and make something happen. Now, the rest of the area is a little further spread out. I'm fortunate enough to have a wonderful woman a mere five miles from my area. But outside of that, I think the next nearest person on the list is probably 60 miles away. So at this time, it's a little difficult to come up with a local group of people to constitute a congregation of record. Um, we have a couple of interesting situations with people that travel all the time, so they don't even have a home base. And we're trying to determine how they would fit that into a congregation of record. It would be good if they could, you know, at least become part of the group in person a fair amount of time, you know, at meetings. But uh, I can see in the kingdom, in the organization, we're going to meet people that travel between the different groups, too. So there's there's uh, possibilities for this, this uh, particular arrangement as well. Um, Greg has talked time and time again about people being on the network. You know, you can get on the email group, but then the next level is to choose a personal contact minister. And there's a number of, there's specifically seven people, maybe up to eight or nine now, in our group, our area that have chosen contact ministers. And we're kind of spread out, but there's Michael in North Dakota, there's Dennis in South Dakota, and um, David, who is in, based in South Dakota, but he's one that travels, Kathy in Wisconsin, and Ernie in Northern Illinois, and I don't want to leave anyone else, and Hadar, Ambassador Hadar in Minneapolis area has his home church group too. So 
there's a lot of us that have chosen to contact ministers, and there's a lot of you out there who are kind of sitting in the wings and, and waiting for something. I'm not sure if you're unsure with where you're at or if you're waiting for government to cross your threshold of pain. Excuse me. But I encourage you all to, you know, take the initiative. Choose a personal contact minister. Let's get involved and get something going, especially if you're near someone else. We have a... Excuse me. We all, we're all here under the same spirit, and we're looking for the same end. We'd like to get something on the ground. I, I personally like to start up a congregation of record in the Wisconsin area that would uh, that we could use to point to and say, here's His Holy Church in action, and here's what we do. Let's put up a website. Let's spread the story. You know, let's help the needy. Let's get together and, and get something off the ground. That's what it's all about, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's find out who our neighbors are. Let's get together. Let's love them. You know, I'm constantly amazed. I listen to some Christian radio, and they have... Uh, times in the week where they call it um, it's basically random acts of kindness they're, they're trying to spread the love of Christ by buying coffee for the guy in line behind them which I have nothing against but there's a danger in that if you start equating that with actual love of your neighbor I think you're doing a disservice because in order to love someone you have to get to know them you have to talk to them and learn who they are I mean Anonymous giving is great, but you're missing out on a major part of the of the philosophy here of loving your neighbor. So let's get out there, get active, and this is nothing that Greggy doesn't say every week as well, but maybe coming from a different voice, it'll it'll spur you into action. That's what I'm hoping and praying. So before the break we were talking a little bit about this journey without an end this seeking the kingdom of God I can't think of any more exciting journey and, and this is rather new to me you know I, I went through I don't want to give you my whole testimony but uh, I went through the, the worldly part of my life just like most of us go through and by the grace of God I've come to where I am now and getting to host this show. Oh, and I want to thank Brother Gregory for putting his trust in me and allowing me to do this. That said, um, we were talking about reawakening the questioning nature within all Christ Christians. And I'm talking about anyone that says they're seeking the kingdom. You know, they're, they believe in Christ. Well, what does that mean? Rather than throwing information at them, tree of knowledge sort of thing. We try to just talk to them about everyday events that are going on around them and and get them to question. I haven't figured this all out, but there's there when you know someone you you have an idea on what will spark their interest. And if we can use those sort of things to you know, spark their curiosity. I think we have an in, and slowly that can lead to um, them placing their trust in us and, and working with the kingdom. 
the gospel of the kingdom, you know, getting the message to them. Um, we are in control of the Holy Spirit's influence in our lives. Okay. And Gregory tells us time and time again that we can inadvertently choose to shut him out. And we have to keep ourselves open. Why I'm mentioning this is that I mentioned, I talked about a journey without an end. Well, we also have to be careful not to become susceptible to the temptation that, hey, we're here. All right, we've made it. Because there's, you know, if, if God is going to bless us, he'll tell us, he'll point us to the next jump. But uh, if we shut the spirit out, we may not see it. So we have to remain open at all times. I apologize if it sounds like I'm rambling. Um, like I said, I haven't done this before, and it seems to be a tough thing to come up with an hour's worth of <laughs> material to talk about. Um, one of the things, one of the teachings from His Holy Church that I found infinitely in interesting was, was Jesus actually a king? Was Christ the king on this world? Well, if we start out, you know, looking at the Gospels, we see the Magi coming from, you know, far away in the east, looking for where is the newborn king of the Jews. Okay? They brought this straight to Herod, who was king of a certain area of Jerusalem there, or of Judea. And Herod knew it. Herod knew the prophecies. He had people telling them that the same thing that the Magi were, were telling him. The Magi knew. The angels knew it. They came down, proclaimed. The shepherds knew it, that he was king. The newborn king of the Jews, they told him where to find him. Um, throughout his life, he was doing things that only the king could do. He was talking and teaching in the, the treasury which it was part of the temple. The temple was a government building, mind you. Um, and when Jesus finally came back to Jerusalem, on Palm Sunday they call it, or whatever you, you want to refer to it as, uh, thousands of people came heralding him as king, the highest son of the David, the Messiah, you know, the anointed. Jesus himself said it was for this cause I came into the world. And like I mentioned before, on the cross, procurator of Rome, Pontius Pilate, declared him as king, officially proclaimed it. The only ones that don't seem to get it anymore are the modern Christians. They say, well, he was king in a spiritual sort of realm, which is not untrue. However, he was very much a real king on this earth and that's part of the message that we can help get out to those who are needing to hear it now how can we do this how can we get out what do we need to do um, brother Gregory has been working you know he spends more time than I can imagine on getting this message out he's on radio shows and producing pamphlets and books 
anywhere but five books now. Websites, videos, audios. What we need to do is help Brother Gregory get the word out. We can go to our local radio station. Say you go to your local Christian radio station and see if they have a time slot where perhaps shows like this one could air. What we've been having more success with is getting Brother Gregory to be a guest on someone else's show, like I talked about with Randy Moggins or Gianna this week, and he's been on a number of others. Pepe Pork, um, Randy Yarborough in Colorado. There's there's a lot of good guest shows that he's getting to do. And every time he's on these shows, we should make it a point to tune in and listen because the people who produce these monitor how many people are listening or writing, giving feedback, and that's how we get them to come to invite Gregory back. So let's consider that at all times, how to get the word out. And if we can find a quote-unquote real radio station that broadcasts over the airwaves um, to get the message out to someone sitting in traffic, all the better. I think uh, this would be a, a goal, and it's an attainable goal. I'm, I'm personally making a list of the Christian radio stations in the Milwaukee area, and I intend to approach them to see if they can uh, air the keys of the kingdom perhaps once a week. Or if they have a talk show that that um, broadcasts live, perhaps you have Gregory as a guest. Um, the other thing you can do, naturally, is talk to your friends who already trust you. Okay? And that's probably a harder thing to do than talking to strangers. Um, there's always a little trepidation in, in how they're going to receive what you have to say. At least there is when I when I try to go this route. But uh, this is the gospel of the kingdom. I mean, this is what Christ said we need to proclaim to the ends of the earth. And there's nothing more important that we can do. My opinion, of course. So...
the first century Christians and even Abraham and what he was doing when he came out of Ur and Haran. And this structure that has been seen all the way up to, it came to the, up till the Normans came and conquered uh, England in 1066. And then it persisted in, in smaller arenas, even to the early um, United States, the early American settlers. Those are the true founding fathers of this nation. The ones that came over here under charter of the king, but they put in the work and the effort to form a republic, to love their neighbor, get to know their neighbor, and that's just what you had to do to survive in a wilderness like early America was. Um, so we're looking to reproduce this structure, the tens, hundreds, and thousands, in his holy church and its organization. Congregation of record would be ten families with one minister. And then ten groups like that would it be ten ministers. Choosing a minister above that, that would be hundreds and then thousands. And uh, we see the structure in the uh, in the history books. You know, it's uh, leadership by service, not leadership by force. The other two books, which have recently become available, would be one I'm looking at here, The Higher Liberty, which is a small pamphlet basically discussing more of the specifics of liberty as Christ proclaimed it, as Paul proclaimed it, and as it can be found elsewhere in the Bible, books, books like Peter and throughout, and how that works in with government. And then there's contracts, covenants, and constitutions, which is an essay, another small booklet. And these two books are available to those on the Living Network. Now, to get on the Living Network, you need to choose a personal contact minister. Once you've chosen a minister, um, he will make those, you know, let you know where they're at. It's kind of an incentive to get you to join. There's no real um, obligations with that, but however, keep in mind what we're trying to accomplish here. We're spreading the gospel of the kingdom. As I said before, I can think of no higher purpose. So, Get on the network, sign up, join the Living Network, choose your personal contact minister. You'll get the books, read through them. You know, any questions, everybody's on the same learning curve here, just at different points along the curve. Let's get together, let's talk it over, you know, discuss in, in as a civil and intelligent manner as possible um, the issues at hand and let's get the message out there. Let's grow this kingdom and his righteousness and everything else is going to follow. Unfortunately, I don't have a clock here, but I believe that we're coming toward the end of the hour. So let's, uh, let's just revisit for a second Christ and his 
kingdom while he was alive. When he was talking to his, his little flock, the apostles, he told them, actually he told the Pharisees that the kingdom of God was going to be taken from you, the Pharisees, and given to a nation to bring forth the fruits thereof, which would be the Christian church or the apostles. After Pentecost, we saw the apostles imbued with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, doing miracles, and uh, living an entirely different sort of life than they had been as they were hiding up. Okay, we've come to the end of our hour. I appreciate your patience with me. This is my first time. I hope with grace I'll have another chance. Peace be upon your house, and enjoy the rest of your life. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.